Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. Wade and I are you know here. What we should do sometime, Mike. What? Let's practice this real quick. You say the title of the podcast, and then I'll say the subtitle. All right, let's start over. Okay. So, where do you want me to stop? Say hello and welcome to. Okay. Hello and welcome to. Let the bird fly. A podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. I think we can even be better than that. I think we could divide it up. We can say hello. And then you say, welcome, and then I, you know, like three words each. Right. We'll work on it. We, I don't think we should do it on air. Okay. We need to work on it off air. But but listener feedback, let's try one more time with just what I had us try, and listeners tell us if you like it. Okay, I think I remember. Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly. A podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. That's pretty good. I would, like, what if I say, hello, welcome to Let the Bird Fly, and you say, a, pa- a podcast about, and then I say, Living freely in a world given back to us. That's not bad. That's not bad. We'll try it. And then we'll, you'll we'll jump experiment. in with who we are. Yeah, we'll experiment. Or you say, this is... I'm Mike. Here with Wayne. Here at the Wisconsin Lutheran College. <laughs> in the podcast it, studio. Excellent. We're going to work on that. That's going right. to be fantastic. Um, our episode title today is uh, Parishioner's Bill of Rights. And uh, we'll play with that word a little, uh, that phrase a little bit. We're really looking for some... It's mostly a clickbait it's title. It's clickbait title. That's for sure. But We're the, trying to get in on this clickbait yeah i've heard i've heard about this stuff this clickbait stuff and we wanted to get into it so um also this q anon we should try something i don't i've heard about this thing q anon i think q anon q anon i'm big into this not like i'm not supporting it but it's 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 pretty fascinating so we should that seems to be something we should since we're hip yeah we'll work in the 5g yeah i don't know i don't know much about it but i'll teach you all right thanks uh parishioner's bill of rights uh what what are the non-negotiables for when you pick a church or do you have a right to go to your, uh, your pastor, to your church board and say, this is what I expect. And, and if you're not going to give that to me, that's going to be a problem and forget about church constitutions or anything like that. What I'm saying is, um, this is what I expect from, from a preacher long gospel preaching, that kind of stuff. So we're sort of play with that. We'll see where the, uh, the conversation goes. Um, but before we go any further, uh, we'd like to remind you that we well, are part of I have another idea. The, the way you, you said clickbait and it, it, uh, it made me think, you know what we should start doing is when you watch uh, YouTube videos, you know how they'll like have the pose where they do the thumbnail mm-hmm. and they'll like, if it's a food review, they'll have like a thumbnail where they're kind of eating the food. Mm-hmm. We should start doing episode thumbnails where we set the camera up. Mm-hmm. And like at some point in our conversation, relating to whatever it is, we have like a little thumbnail where we kind of are looking over. So if like we're talking about a book, maybe one of us is holding the book mm-hmm. and kind of look up. Or Rather like, than always just having the let the bird fly symbol. That's true. On the, or like me being just exasperated like, yeah. oh my gosh. Or like Wade is bored while I'm talking. Yeah. Or we could have fun with that. Yeah. Hey, are we are we a part of a podcast network? Fifteen seventeen. Oh, that sounds good. Um, there have been and and we say this a lot, but they put out really good stuff, and they've been good to us. I mean, they've been good and patient with us. Um, they have uh, uh, supported our um, our little podcast here um, financially with uh, equipment. Not like we get paid, but have bought us some equipment. Um, they have published a few of. Wade's books. I have one coming out with them. I have a class on vocation that's going to come out sometime in the late spring, early summer, which is, I've already done it. It's just waiting to be finished and gone out. There's been good to us. And what's, what's great about them is that it's gospel content. Like everywhere you're going to go, you're not going to, you don't have to weed through their books to find gospel content. You have to like get away from like the veggie tales or other stuff that you, when you go to other, let's say publishers, you have to kind of weed through the, let's just say fluff. This is always going to be good content. So you could support them financially. Um, you can just buy their books or you can just enjoy all of their blogs, podcasts, and um, other stuff that they do. Books that they publish. They have a, they have a get together in San Diego in October conference. Having some regional conferences there. Is that a good enough plug for them? I think you did excellent. Now I'm just Thanks. thinking about if we did our own like Lutheran Veggie Tales. Yeah. What vegetables I would pick to be. You know what doesn't seem to get much love 
in an animated way is cauliflower. Is I, that, a, I don't is that know. a vegetable? Yeah, but I don't know. Is cabbage a vegetable? Oh, cabbage would That's be a, a Lutheran, Lutheran vegetable. vegetable yeah. yeah. It's like, like, they'd be like the veggie tea would be like a potato. And you're like, like I don't all think, pickled stuff. Yeah, they're like, pickled gizzard. That's not a vegetable. Cartoffin. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Don't, don't judge me. Um, I don't, I've read, I never watched Veggie Tales, so I don't know which, uh, which of the vegetables were. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're not going to have a free for all today because we are staying focused, as you can tell. And we're going to, uh, with that, make our way into the main topic. Do you want to give us the, oh, I forgot about the disclaimer. We're we have a mess. to do it because we'll get sued. You know why we're a mess? I taught three classes today, Michael. You had a busy day. Yeah, I had four, including we've high school. Got, yeah. I'd say we've got good news today. Yep. We're not going to go into what it is, but it's been a good day. But it's been, there's been a lot. It's Wednesday. We're going to be going to church. You know what's been good is, uh, and I know that you've been dealing with this too, is that um, my ice dams are under control. We're yeah. having a meltdown right now. I've been Mine are getting better. I actually did a victory parade around the house, just happy that I came home yesterday. Mike, why don't you explain for our listeners who maybe... Although most of the country was sure. frozen last week. What sure. is an ice dam? So if you get like, let's say, two feet of snow on portions of your roof, which what, what happened to me, um, it melts, then freezes, melts and freezes. And then in the gutters or above the gutters becomes ice. And that then dams up the water. And then it can come into the house. That has happened to me. That has happened to you. Yeah. And you don't and want so that. you uh, like Because the main to, point of the house is to keep the water out. Right. And um, so you are trying to get snow off the roof as fast as you can and as efficiently you can without killing yourself. So I was on my roof Sunday shoveling snow off and it was successful. And we, I've been trying to buy a roof rake for about a month and a half and uh, they have just been sold out and a good friend came through for me and loaned me a roof rake. You know who that was, Michael? It was me. It was Michael. Michael loaned me. And Trisha would not let me um, climb the ladder to work on some of this stuff because the one angle you kind of had to get mm-hmm. on the ladder to. She insisted uh, I would get hurt. So you sent and one. So of the... she did it, and I had to stand there emasculated, say... <laughs> while my wife did the manly job. <laughs> I thought maybe she was going to send one of the boys up there, which would have been bad enough. No, but... one of. But this is how stupid my boys are. While she's up there, Isaiah threw a snowball at her. Yeah, hits her by right. accident in the face. Yeah. So he got yelled at. Oh, yeah. I bet he did. Because that's not funny. She yeah. could have fallen. Right. That's when you... That's you, my beloved. That's when you put him on the roof and you say, don't come down until you either fall or all of the ice is gone. Yeah. Or just say, go live somewhere else. You're going to listen. <laughs> all right. All right. Here's our disclaimer. So we're, we are in a good mood is what we're saying. Yeah. Okay. It's also... It's 40 degrees here in Wisconsin. Oh, it's Shorts beautiful. weather. It was 48 yesterday. I know. It's something else. It's a, it's a wonderful day to be in the Midwest. All right, this show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers. To be honest, most of the time it probably doesn't speak for us, which is very true. I regret a lot of what I say on here. I would say most of it, yeah. We will be thinking out loud a lot, so approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism because, well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast, that's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends. Don't let us get in the way. Brings us to our main topic, and I'll throw it to you, Mike, in just a second, since it was your idea. But we're going to be talking Parishioner's Bill of Rights. And so as I understand it, um, while that's a clickbait title, uh, as you kind of explained it to me before, uh, what we're going to be hitting on is, um, for instance, you graduate college, you move out to wherever you found a job, uh, you try to find a church in your area, what are the, the essentials you should be looking for in finding that church um, rather than uh, 
sometimes you might even have to sacrifice on preferences to get these essentials. Mm-hmm. Or along the same lines, what if you're a pastor in a church, you're a pastor, you've just come into a new church, what are the things that you should be able to demand mm-hmm. that you be permitted and encouraged to do as pastor? Or as a parishioner, what are the types of things you should be able to go to your pastor and say, um, I need these things. Mm-hmm. God is God is has promised that I should find them. They're, these are marks of the church. I should find them in his house. Um, not, you know, I need a potluck that has a hot dish instead of a casserole. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it relates to the reason for the church's existence, that it's not just a social club with a tea on top, um, but the things that pertain to why it's there. So does that sound fair, Michael? I think so, yeah. Now, how many of these things do we have written down? None. Yeah. And I would like to say we consciously decided to do that so we could kind of <clears throat> think it through. I thought about writing it down, you. and then I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. I started to also, and then I, if I write one thing, I write 15. Yeah. So, Which you purposely we, didn't want to do. Right. Right. But here's, when, when you mentioned this, this is what I thought would be a fun way to do it. We bounce back and forth. Okay. So can it I was get your some, idea. Can I get some preliminary things and then do yeah, your thing? Yeah, but then yeah. you also get to go first. Okay, excellent. For, All right. So the reason that I've long had this idea of, and I don't bring it up in worship class this way, although maybe I will someday, but um, if you're familiar with Luther's small catechism in the preface, he talks about Holy Communion where he says, uh, the people of a, of a congregation should demand from their pastor, like not, I think he says, knock on their door and demand that he gives them uh, the goods we, we would call it, uh, specifically Holy Communion. And so that, that idea has always been percolating this idea that the parishioners need to demand of the pastor, these certain things. Now, with that said, you be patient with your pastor and there's all sorts of, it, it's easy for us to say that, that parish, that pastor over there is an idiot, whatever. Um, but I don't know what he's going through in that congregation. There may be other things that he's doing. Maybe I would have handled it differently, but I just don't know. And so we want to be very, very careful. And I don't have a call to be pastor at St. Whatever down, down the road. At the same time, we, we talk to college kids and we're preparing them for the world. And we do have kids that are in already a church body, maybe our church body. And then we have ones that don't that have now realized, Hey, this, this church gospel grace, Jesus thing isn't so bad. I think I'd like to, to grow in that. And so the way I do it, I think would be somewhat similar to your, to you, but I say, I am all for denominational loyalty. We're not trying to get the Presbyterian to become a Lutheran. We want you to know what Lutheranism is all about. By the time you graduate Wisconsin Lutheran college, but I'm trying to steal you. And nor am I trying to say, uh, hey, you Lutheran, you're going to a Lutheran church that stinks. You have the, the permission to go wherever you want. I'm all for denom- denominational loyalty. However, you go find a preacher that is going to give you the gospel every single week. And so those two ideas have kind of been percolating to say, if I would send these kids that we teach out, what would be the short list what is what do you have a right to imagine and- the Presbyterian student who comes to WLC? We're not in the business of proselytizing, though. If they have questions and they decide mm-hmm. they'd like to become a Lutheran, cool. Mm-hmm. But how do we equip them to find the best Presbyterian yeah, church? Yeah, absolutely. That's find? a way, great way to say it. And so the the parishioners' bill of rights. The flip side of that is, what do you not have a right to demand? Right. right? So this is kind of what that's been percolating. So uh, you ready to go? Ping pong? Yeah, you know what uh, I've got in my head, though, now? Okay, well. You keep saying percolate. Remember that song? It's time for the percolator. <laughs> uh, my wife will Are listen. you hearing me, by the way, through, yep, through this? I can hear okay, you just I fine. am not hearing you very well, so okay. I apologize if that's... Um, so Give I, us one, Mike. I would say, and I, I'm not going to say the means of grace because that's the obvious one. I'm going to say, because uh, I think we can divide that up, I would say this, um, first order... First order gospel proclamation, right? So it's not just about the gospel. It is a preaching of the gospel. You are forgiven. So we agree. Number one, I want to write one. these down. It's a good one. Oh, am I supposed to wait till you write it down? Or you're going to write it down while I talk. Go ahead. The, uh, 
Okay, so first order gospel. So gospel, gospel proclamation. Okay. And then the explanation of what what you mean by first order is that it's a declaration to the person, not preaching about the gospel, but a, a you are forgiven. Preaching the gospel rather than about the gospel. Okay. Well, if if that's what you led with, then I'm going to lead with the other side of that and say um, the law, law preaching uh, in its proper and, uh, um, you know, fully teethed use, um, strong accusatory damning law, um, and not this kind of, uh, not a wimpy law, not wimpy that it, it hits. And why is that important, Wade? So that, uh, I can be put to death so that, um, I will be raised to life. It's, uh, it's, a, God's it's a killing to death. Mm-hmm. A killing to death law. Which means uh, you've got to know your parishioners. Mm-hmm. That it's not just the same law every week that I that I um, come to. Now that I'm often a hearer more than a preacher, you know, um, that uh, you know I don't fall into the laziness of it's going to be these same sins. And yeah, some of these I feel a little bad about. Um, but the, yeah, you, you come and get me, and not in a, not in a uh, that the goal that the final goal is guilt, mm-hmm. but in a way that that um, drives me to despair, so that I then have an attentive ear to hear Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, side note, I, I some people have said like Chemnitz has, has sort of came up with a list like these are the non-negotiables like and he was thinking worship specifically yeah so like the creed preaching the reading of the gospel right. that kind of stuff so uh, that's another um, next one you know what Chemnitz didn't have hmm. I mean he, I'm sure he was alright decent <laughs> theologian didn't have a podcast I think in his and he has a very long career I don't think he was even a guest on a podcast. Oh, so that I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. All right, it's back. Of course, to he wrote <coughs> some hefty volumes. Yeah, they're pretty hefty. Mine they're are like, mine are thin. Yours are thin. His huh. are like like they like if you put them all together, you could you could do curls with it, and it wouldn't be a waste of your time. Right. Okay. I mean, just that. The examine alone. You're you're stalling, Mike. You're on you're on the you're on the clock. Like so, I'm not necessarily going. I'm trying to go importance, but but none no. of these are in order. Okay. For instance, right. law should come before gospel. Then yeah. you're writing them down. We'll put them in an order okay. at the end. I think you have live freely, Mike. Just whatever comes to mind. I think you have to say baptism. Now, this is a difficult one because um, you're saying you have to have baptism at church. Yes. Okay. This, this 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 is a uh, this controversial is a, one. right, but it I'm is joking, not in our circles. But it is a command to baptize all nations. the The tricky part is, what do you believe baptism is? Right, and that's going to be a problem between a. We're coming from non-denominational a Lutheran tra- perspective, yeah, right. but we do want it. That we, I would say is a biblical perspective, yeah. or I wouldn't be Lutheran. And a, cl- a classical Christian, this is the way it's always kind of been: throw out the bad, keep the good, kind of thing. And but I, I'm we're after mere Christianity here because I, I think our bill of both of us would say any bill of rights should be f- fairly slender, right? Wade like, Wade like, um, uh, maybe maybe even maybe even a bit more slender. Right? I suppose, but that's darn near anorexic. <laughs> but what we're saying here is we don't want a 300 page document here. This is, this is, then, then it becomes a law. Then it becomes something, whatever. So but to be fair, we haven't even, we're not even close to filling one little notebook no. page. Baptism. I would say that is a non, non-negotiable, um, when it comes to a parishioner's oh, bill of rights. You just if, gave yourself the ability to hear and now I can't hear again. If the, if the parishioner, if, if the pastor says, Are we you don't, still good? Yeah. We're having a little headphone problem, sorry. If if the pastor says we don't baptize here, that's kind of a deal breaker. You should you should biblically be able to go to your pastor and say, This is commanded of you. And this that's where I think re- this you, you may be it's nervous, right? this is a mere Christianity and not all denominations might agree, but biblically right. you most I'm gonna build on that one. Okay. I'm gonna say uh, baptismal preaching and formation. 
<clears throat> Romans six that uh baptismal formation yeah okay that the idea that the um that the the church is the place where you are um reminded through preaching of law and gospel uh um through uh absolution and counseling with your pastor whatever that may be through the what our confessions call the mutual consolation of the brethren that uh Life is a daily drowning of the old Adam and raising a new life, which I think... Which I put down, it's a death and resurrection It makes life. its way into the uh, the Christian life of the congregation, that it be a vocational, um, saint-sinner, or sinner-saint um, Christian life, a, a cruciform mm-hmm. uh, life. Um, I'm just going to keep going on this train and say absolution. Uh, if, if you're... If you're this if, is a big one now. If your preacher says... I'm not going to pronounce forgiveness to you for that specific sin. That's that's a right that you now have. you don't mean by that if the person's impenitent. No, <clears throat> I'm talking about if you're a penitent no. sinner. Yeah. Um. Maybe here we can distinguish, Michael. Uh, absolution is a big word. Um, what are the different ways absolution can be applied? Maybe we should factor this in. Um. That's a tricky one. Right. I, I think that I don't think you have a right to corporate absolution the way you have a right to individual absolution. What I mean by that is if like let's just say the church didn't have a corporate absolution at the beginning of their service, but it's matins. But you yeah. Or Vespers. All you had was Matin, but you had the ability to go individual, they they were there. And so the reason I say that is because some people are satisfied with the offering of the corporate absolution. Now, I, I think everybody would be say, of course we would offer individual absolution. Tricky part comes, do you really offer it when you never teach it, never? And by individual, oh, yeah. Mike's talking about what you'll also hear as private absolution. Private absolution, yeah. So, and, and I, I'm not one to say corporate absolution is either wrong or somewhat deficient. I think forgiveness is forgiveness. Um, and I think a corporate actually has some benefits. We're all on the same boat together. Um, this is as a group. We, you know, we, we, we are saying this is where we are. But I think individually is so very important because when you say, because you can very easily fall into doubt when you go to church and you say, yeah, the pastor said that, but if he knew what I did last night, he wouldn't have said that to me. So um, is that kind of what you're after? Yeah, and I would say this is not, we're not saying someone has to go to private absolution. Um, But it should be an expectation that should you go to your pastor for it, that you will be absolved. Yeah, absolutely. That, That it is at least at the bare minimum allowed, may even say offered, um, I would maybe say ideally you would want it to be promoted, but at the very, we're talking bare minimum here. The very bare minimum is that it is all You expect when you confess your sins, you'll yeah. be forgiven. And not only from your pastor, um, but that your fellow parishioners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, yeah. And I would, I would build on that too and simply say um, that the, the sermon essentially be an absolution. Yes. Um, in the gospel preaching. We talk well. about that, the, the sermon being an extension of confession right. absolution and baptism being confession absolution being somewhat of an extension of baptism, maybe not the right terminology there, but uh, the baptismal life is a confessional absolution kind of life. Yeah. Okay, you've been, you've been hitting the sacrament so far, so I'm going okay. to leave one out there for you, okay. but hopefully we come back to it. Yep. I am going to say um, catechesis. Okay. Um, and by that I mean not even primarily or especially or only that people take 7th or 8th grade catechism class. Um but what I mean is that uh, there, um, the church sees value in, um, there is an expectation of uh, learning, being taught the basics of the faith, and uh, building out from that over time, um, so that uh, the catechesis is part of the life of the church, not just what you put a robe on and graduate from in eighth grade. And and you're not necessarily you wouldn't limit that to the pastor has to do catechism. I mean, we no. Could by that, s- I don't even mean just yeah. studying the catechisms. Yeah. By catechesis in the historical sense, 
Um, I mean, instruction in the faith. And and if this is the the pastor and the congregation providing opportunities and maybe even training for parents to do that in the home, yep. that th- this could be a broad thing. And if it's not being done in the home, that the congregation, especially via the pastor, are going to make they're going to to make opportunities available for the orphan, the child that may whatever, and and you know you don't have a right to Sunday morning Bible class. In fact, that's kind of a new phenomenon. Right. But that there would be an opportunity for the adults to continue to grow. Would you yeah. put that? And in even the, if okay. you might be a pastor who's serving a TriPoint parish and. Um, the one has eight people, and there's just time-wise not you don't have the ability to have the regular scheduled Bible class. But um, that your pastor is a resource that you can go to um, to be instructed in the faith when you um, want to learn more. Um, I would include in that um, that the divine service itself, especially in its hymnody, be catechetical, mm-hmm. right? Um, that. Uh, you know, that there be times in which the hymns are uh, clearly um, teaching hymns. Um, let's just, uh, because I think that after we get to the uh, our next one, which obviously would be Holy Communion, I think it gets actually interesting. I wrote some down here that have come to mind that, that could be interesting. I think Holy Communion, now you know, Wade, and prior listeners know where I stand, I would get really darn close to that it should be a word and meal service on Sunday. I am not going to make laws where there are no laws, but I think if the parishioners want Holy Communion, then the pastor is obligated to give it. Um, if we're going to follow the, the the rules of our guidelines of, of how we deal with an adiaphron. Um, but I would say that Let's just say this, that on a regular occasion, body and blood is being offered to the parishioners. The body and blood of Christ. Of Christ. Not the past. Just in case anybody comes up with some crazy idea. But that that is offered, I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah. That is offered every Sunday. And I think a generation from now, it'll be one of those weird things looking back and saying, they didn't do that? It's kind of like, you know, when that... And that's not a criticism of past practice. There's reasons for why and practice all, got to where it was and what it was. And if it was a blind spot, I got blind spots too. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I don't know why, but I can't see my shoes when I stand up and look uh, down. Literally, it's if I hold my finger spot. right here, I don't think Mike yeah. can see it. The, I have a blind spot for some reason. My It must be my eyes, but I can't see my shoes when I look down. Yeah. Neither can I. Yeah. So that must... I'm. There's something with the optic, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's something with me, you know, like just the way the angles are and stuff. But like here, that. I mean, I would put in with this. Um, it's because I'm fat weight. That's what I was yeah, after. I know. I, yeah. That's why I said I couldn't see my either. <laughs> uh, I would put in with there too, maybe um, someone who's unable to receive the sacrament because of scheduling or, or whatever the case may be, uh, that that would also be something they know that they can go to their pastor. Four. Yeah, and the early the early church uh, made a big point of saying, and we take Holy Communion to the sick, right? Yeah. So this is it's not just the worship service. All right, your turn. Okay. Um, so you're counting that just so I know, communion as one big general thing there, right? Because mm-hmm. you kind of went towards the frequency. Yeah. But okay, so communion is one one big thing. Um, I think what I'm thinking of would be one for what you shouldn't be able to okay. expect. So I'm going to I'm going to save that. I'm going to go with good order. No, oh, that's a, I did not have that down. Very, yeah. That is this is a biblical thing. Right. Yep. Um that things are and now here I'm not laying down a law for what the service has to look like. Um although I'd gladly do so as far as preferentially. <laughs> um but that uh, as Paul says the thing should be done in an orderly way so that at the end of the day, the focus is in the right place, um, which is on Christ, and so that the right thing predominates, which would be the gospel. For the sake of the God, the order is for the sake of the gospel. Right. The order is not an end to itself. I'm going to take the, the flip side of that, and I wrote down, I don't know how to put this, but freedom, right? That... Um, 
and and what we primarily mean here is guns that, <laughs> that you you should be able to bring in whatever weapon you want <laughs> into church um no what we mean here is that you sh- you should it is you should expect and it is a it's a deal breaker if you if if at church your pastor um takes away your gospel freedom or makes you think for one second that you are not loved by God because you're too big of a sinner kind of thing. So think, think Paul dealing with the Galatians um, or the Corinthians for that matter. Right. So gospel freedom. Sure. Is that, you know what I mean I, by yeah, that? I think that's a good one. You're not, consciences are not being bound where God's word does not bind them. Your turn. I had a good one, and then you said Galatians, and I was thinking about Paul telling them to cut their privates off. Yeah. Um, which is a great Should you expect, so this is something that we, oh, you, here I it's got not it. a right, is super, super funny and um, ironic and over-the-top preaching like Paul did when he wrote to the Galatians. Yeah. You should not, that, that's maybe a plus, right. but it's not a right. I think you're not going to like this one when I say it, but hopefully okay. when I explain it, you'll like it. Right. Transcendence. You want okay. me to say what I mean yep. first? Yes, please. Okay. That the church is not partisan. So when you go, it's a place that transcends time. Um, and so we're not forgetting the past. We're also not forgetting the future. Um, eternal life, which contextualizes everything, um, that it transcends um, tribe people language, not that people there can speak every language, or if you're in a small town that has a population that demographically is all the same, um, but that anyone should be welcome should they show up there to hear the gospel. Um, So there's not a bigotry across time, which is a uh, particularly American thing, right? Mm-hmm. The history is bunk. That there's not a bigotry um, across ethnicity, um, and that there is a reverence um, that what is taking place there um, is bigger than simply the material, even though it is bound to the material in many ways. For instance, with word and sacrament, um, I think there with partisan too, right? That um, that there's not a sense of this is the church for a specific cultural group or political group um, or a specific social set. Um, so that's that would be what I mean by transcendence. In essence, um, you have a universal message that it is recognized as such. And so I would lump in there um, the creed. Yeah. You know, I would lump in there the communion of saints where we um, celebrate the sacrament. Um that, it, that we're not detached from the greater church and that we're not, um, you know, a, a, an island mm-hmm. unto ourselves. I would put in there, this is not a law, but since you got to say something you prefer, mm-hmm. um, this is why I'm always a fan of not having the American flag in the chancel. Yep, yep, absolutely. For a lot of different reasons. Right. Um, no, I'm really glad you said that because, it, and, and as you Was were- Was that go- a good one after I explained it? Oh, was Were you leery at first, like I expected? No, I wanted to know what you, you know, because at first you're like, I, I shouldn't expect my pastor to be like, you know, this phenomenal teacher. You like know. he comes out and essential right. oils just right. shoot. Um, and as you were going, I said creeds, right? Because I had put down creeds and I'm like, is that really, is that really a right that we have a creed, but the way you, that we recite a creed, but the way you put it is you should expect transcendence and and the first point that you made nonpartisan political that that is legit because that's that is a that's a two kingdom theology there right um and and the creed just the reality that we are an historical we're, we're making an historical claim that jesus actually lived and rose from the dead um and to to be we confess we are an apostolic church. That's right. what you're after. We are apostolic, apostolic. and Catholic universal. Apostolic, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm going to cross mine off. I think that was a fantastic, that was a well, good thank way. You. And I feel affirmed. And, and then is that one of yours nice that to, you should be able to demand is affirmation. <laughs> this is yes. That I'm liked. Yes. Um, okay. My turn. 
pastoral care. Pastoral care. Yeah, I was no, I was thinking of a way to express that, but why don't you unpack what you mean by that? So I, I, it is, I should expect, and there's a problem if my pastor refuses to come visit me if I am sick. Um, does not, I would put in there funerals and weddings. Um, I would put in there premarital counseling. I would put in, um, just quite frankly, taking the time to know and visit members, right? That is an expectation. Although to be Pastor fair, Bear. just a caution, this doesn't mean at every whim he can drop nope. everything nope. and be there. Nope. We're not setting up necessarily rules here. And because sometimes be he's with someone else. Sometimes his kids need to get tucked in, but yep. that in general. In general. Um, if you want to call me at 3 a.m. and tell me about your UTI, mm-hmm. that's maybe can get put off. But if I call you at 3 a.m., because my son got in a horrific car accident exactly. and he's in the ICU. Right. It is expected that you would drop everything and rush to the hospital. Exactly. So uh, visiting the sick, burying the dead, marrying, visiting members, um, at least that, that it should be the expectation. So I'm going to go with pastoral care, which is kind of like yours with transcendence. Uh, it, there's a lot in that in that under that umbrella okay your turn oh okay pretty soon we're gonna have to get to those things you're not guaranteed yeah i got two i got two more on my list um you might disagree with me on this one Mm -hmm. so uh you uh it might be Mm wishy-washy right um but i would say um I said orderly already. Mm-hmm. And what I want to get to is liturgy. And so what I'm not saying is that that you have a right to the historic liturgy, although mm-hmm. that would be my way big preference. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have a right to um, thoughtful... Um, a thoughtful arrangement mm-hmm. of what takes place so that the um, the gospel is front and center, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Christ is front and center. Um, and I guess what I'm getting at that is because we've kind of talked and both of us thought we couldn't say page 15, mm-hmm. right? But I do think um, it's fair to say if you have a church, maybe their, their, their service is not exactly matches all your preferences, but I think you have a right that the gospel in Christ not be choked out of sight um, by what takes place. And I say that because they might do things in an orderly way, mm-hmm. but it might be ordered in such a way that the focus is anthropological. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, So I don't know if I'm saying yeah, that well. No. So I had, as my last two, I had worship, just the very fact that let us not stop meeting together kind of thing. And I think we could add to that a gospel predominating worship. Okay. And so what we mean by that, what I would say, and what I teach day one in worship classes, where's the arrow going? If the arrow is predominantly going from me to God, that's, that's bad. If worship is predominantly God to me, and then we start talking about how worship's a terrible name for Sunday morning, if it is God's good gifts to me. So yes, you don't have a right to the historic liturgy as we know it coming out of the Catholic West. However, I think you do have a right that it is going to be about God's good gifts to me. So it's gospel preaching. There's going to be a meal there. Um, There is going to be, as you said, law for the sake of the gospel, God's alien work for his proper work. So a thoughtful gospel centered, maybe we can even say Christocentric worship. Something like that. I do have one more at some point. All right, so my turn, and then and then we'll come back to you and see if that's it. This is number 13, by the way. I'm going to put outreach, and I'm going to say it outreach in the sense that I think um, it's both the proclamation of the gospel. So our local congregation is going to be engaged in the proclamation of the gospel somehow, some way, whether it be local evangelism um, and or uh, some kind of corporate within a denomination, 
but I would also put under there that we're doing something for the community. Now, I, we, we don't want to equate the two, but what I mean is love of neighbor, right? That we are not, we are not just, we don't just own the property on, on the section in town, main street and first Avenue, but that we are a presence in the community for the sake of the gospel and the love of neighbor. So I'm going to put out, I'm going to put, we could, we could, we could divide that up if you want, but I'm putting, I'm putting gospel mission work and charity, some sort of outreach, education, that kind of stuff. I think outreach is a pretty decent word for that. Okay. You got another one? Yeah. I might have two. Okay. Um, I would say rightly called ministers. Okay. And by that, I don't mean that across time and place that that always means seminary educated. Sometimes that's just not possible. Mm -hmm. Um, but rightly called, um, that, that the person holding the office is deemed to be fit to hold the office and that, um, if the person disqualifies themselves from the office, that they're not holding it anymore. Um, so I would say, uh, you know, that might mean we're in a mission setting where someone hasn't had seminary education, but they're acknowledged as the best person to serve in the pastor in that setting. But hopefully they continue to be trained as well. So rightly called, and I would say hopefully um, properly trained. Um, I would put under here. We and kind I got of, one more after. Yeah, is apostolic in a certain sense. And what I mean by that is we, we get all worked about apostolic succession that has to go from the, you know, from from Peter to Jesus, Peter, then all the way through the popes and all that kind of, yeah, that, that, that's a problem. But what we have a, an undefined apostolic succession. What we mean by that is that you're preaching what the, on the foundation of the, uh, of the prophets and the apostles. And that was such a big deal in the early church. And we think about that a lot in apologetics as well. The, the apostolic credentials, what does St. Paul do in just about every other letter? He's got to defend his apostolic credentials, right? So this is a, a message that was based on the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' resurrection. So I would include rightly called there is that we're not a sect, that this is built on, and this could also go with the transcendent one too as well, that we're, that, that we're Catholic in the good sense kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. That's 14. You got a 15th? Yep. The cross. So sign one of the signs of the church, right? The cross. No, well, specifically, um, that the church will bear the cross. Yep. Um, and so in the church, um, that you will uh, receive the the benefits of the cross, right, through preaching, but that also uh, that that you will be able to bear up with your brothers and sisters under the cross, and that your pastor um, will. Uh, not uh, be preaching theodicy or theology of glory when you suffer, um, but that uh, there should be a, a clear understanding of what suffering is, uh, that it will happen to Christians. So I would maybe, this could go with pastoral care if you wanted to subsume it well, there. I think, no, I think it's pretty good because in each of these, we, we would try, where, where is there a mandate from Scripture for this kind of thing? I mean, we don't have to have it, but... Yeah. But take here would be First Corinthians. That and also we preach Christ crucified. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that that is a whole. Be, I'm going to put a theology of the cross right there. That no. that being a theologian of the cross right is going that 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 is a whole thing. Right? Because you know when thing. we talk about people being broken by the church, as Rosenblatt will mention, a lot of time it is uh, because the church doesn't have a theology of the cross, and so it's unable to care for a person. Um, in the face of what is a universal experience in a fallen world at one time or another is, is going to be suffering. All right. Um, what do we have for time, Mike? How long have we gone? 43 minutes. Okay. I, I had one more, but I'm going to try to put it under pastoral care, and that would be discipline. I think... Now you're getting to be a Calvinist. No, but I think that... I'm know, just joking. Do you know why I'm making that joke? We explain it. Because the Reformed made discipline a mark of the church. Sure. But I agree with where you're going here. If the, like, you should expect that in your church, if someone comes in and says, I believe that Jesus didn't rise from the dead, 
that some action would be taken against false doctrine. Like a high, oh, not yeah. a high five. There would be some action against false doctrine. Right. Now, that's a dangerous one because not only, you know, the mark of the church, but also, um, let's just say excommunication can be abused. Well, and you can get people who want the church just basically to be yeah. where, you know, that one big anxious bunch. So I don't want to make it its own thing, but I think we would find that under two categories, pastoral care and or law the preaching. Or the cross, cross and mortification of the flesh. Yeah. I'm going to list them. I'm going to list them. Okay. And you see what we think. Okay. Number one, gospel proclamation, first order gospel proclamation. Number two, uh, an accusatory law preaching. So uh, uh, oh, not a wimpy the law. The theological use of the law, the yeah. second use, yeah. Baptism. Number four, baptismal formation, a death resurrection life. Uh, five. And you know what? That could almost go. At, that could almost go at the cross too. But it could. Five absolution, six catechesis, seven holy communion, eight gospel freedom, nine good order, ten that transcendence. So uh, non, let's say non bigotry towards the past, but also nonpartisan. Um, not bigotor, not being a bigotry. You know what would be the flip side of it that you could expect? A Catholicity. Yeah, there small you go. Small C. There you go. Universality. 11, pastoral care, visiting six, funerals, weddings, discipline, uh, knowing the members. 12, a gospel predominant worship. 13, outreach. We include mission work there and charity under that one. 14, rightly called ministers. 15, a theology of the cross. I think we did pretty good. Yeah. For not prepping at all now how about maybe things that we really wish we could say that you should be able to expect but we can't actually say it you do not have a right to party oh yeah i was going to start right with i think what we both um you can't demand liturgical perfection and and now you can certainly encourage and that, pastors and leaders to be thinking about what they're doing and this this goes both ways where um I don't have a right to um, the particular order of mass that I would like, but I, nor do I have the right to say, well, I like the free flowing worship without as least amount of form as possible. You don't have a right to that, right? right? You don't have a right to say, I, I don't like this. I don't like these hymn. I hymns, just mean it, it so wouldn't pain me to say that I don't have the right to whoopee worship because I'm not a fan of whoopee right. worship. So. so you don't, you don't, you don't have a, a specific order. Yeah. A specific order. Okay. So you don't have the right to party. You don't have the right to liturgical perfection. I think is a good way to say it. Your turn. Um, you don't have the right to um, a charismatic leader or preacher. Yeah. You don't have the right to programs. Programs. That's a good one. Um. You don't have the right to um, constant affirmation from your. Yeah. I'm trying to put this away. Like this is not a feel good thing. You, it's not always going to be everything. That you always leave warm fuzzies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you don't have a right to choose your family members. And by that, I mean simply um, you don't have a right to get along with everyone perfectly and not have anyone who maybe sometimes is di more difficult to deal with than others. Mm -hmm. So the perfection of the of the people next to you, right? Yeah. Um, boy, this is a hard one. I don't know. You keep going. You got more. You want me Go to ahead. Yeah, just okay. keep going. Um, you don't have a right... Um, I would say to um, a particular emotional attachment to those who minister. By that, I mean sometimes one pastor leaves and another comes, and you may have been through a lot with the previous pastor. Um, that doesn't mean the new pastor yeah. has to somehow be able to fill that emotional void at and, the... and and uh, and and maybe it would be good for you to 
let that pastor go and a new pastor comes in who now is going to build connections with perhaps a younger generation or people in your generation that the other pastor didn't quite. There would be an act of unselfishness, I think, to say, um, I'm okay with a new blood here so that, you know, more people can have the same connection that I had in the past. Um, You don't have a right to a boost in the community by the church you belong to. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it's not the big church that's going to help you make uh, business deals. Um, But, right, it might, uh, sometimes it is maybe, Mm -hmm. but um, you don't, uh, it's not a uh, self-serving thing to belong to. You don't, you don't have a, in a similar way, you don't have the right to a privileged position with, with the pastor or members. I, you know, kind of like, That's a good one. don't you know who I am that I have yeah. given this money or... You don't have a right to a pew just because yeah. of who you are? Yeah. Assigned seating. Yeah. Um, I'd say... Uh, oh, what's a good one to say this way? You don't have a right to comfortability. Yeah. Uh, By that, I mean simply um, maybe that goes with the affirmation thing, but uh, not everybody in the church might have the same background as you, Mm. the same life experience. Um, Or or even in a law gospel way, you don't have the right to sit, sit, come out of church going, my life's pretty good. Everything's all right. Uh, Pierre, Pierre Burton, a Canadian, wrote years ago a book called The the comfortable pew, right? How comfortable we get in the pew is probably yeah. a bad thing. Oh, I had one. I can't remember now. Um, to get your way. You don't have the right to get your way when it comes to what color carpet it's going to be. Oh. You don't have the right. And and you may say, well, duh. Well, there's a lot of people that have left congregations because they didn't get their way. Yeah. Oh. Do you have a right to vote? No. That is, that I mean, is, it, your, that's one's an, polity might be arranged a certain way, but there's no set way that polity has no, been arranged. No. I mean, for, from a biblical, even historical point of view, you, I don't know that any you have a right, there may be a privilege in a certain congregation, but you don't have a right to say, uh, an American church probably is going to have, many of them are going to have a voting assembly, whatever. But th- that's not, there's no biblical right to that. Oh. Right, you don't say, "Well, that that is a biblical doctrine that I have this." Yeah. So maybe to, you don't have the right to a certain church polity. Yeah. Right. I would say you don't have a right to a certain church building. No. Um. The the people sitting on the floor in a mission church somewhere across the world. Um, probably would love to have some of our beautiful Wisconsin sanctuaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I am all for beautiful architecture and buildings if we can do it, but you don't have a a right necessarily to it. All of these things we we would say this is this would be very helpful in some cases, um, but you don't have a. It's not a good enough reason for you to say I'm out of here. I'm going to find a different church. And the danger, of course, that is. Good luck trying to find a perfect church. Right. And I, that was going to be my next one is you don't have a right to hypocrisy. All right. All right. Our uh, departed professor, uh, Deutschlander, used to always say, if someone tells you they don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites, tell them there's always room for one more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, we've kind of, I think, touched on quite a bit because yeah. you know, we've sort of done the... The other side of the fl- that was better. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think we did pretty good and we're sort of getting to an hour, right? Yeah. I'm kind of like You don't have sat, a right sat, to sat. make ancillary things um a mark of the church, right? Uh make your own marks of the church. Yeah. All right. That's pretty good. I'm going to read them. You don't have a right to party, you don't have a right to liturgical perfection, you don't have a right to a charismatic leader or preacher. You don't have a right to programs. You don't have a right to constant information. You don't have a right to choose your family members in the church. You don't have a right, um, a particular emotional attachment to a pastor. You don't have a right to a boost in the community just because you belong to that church. 
you don't have a right to a privileged position with the pastor or with members within the congregation. I don't care how much you give or what your family last name is. You don't have a right to assign seating. You don't have a right to comfortability. You don't have your right to get your way. You don't have a right to vote. You don't have a right to a certain church polity. You don't have a right to architecture. You don't have a right to hypocrisy. And you don't have the right to make your own marks of the church. That's pretty good. I like it. I'm going to... I am going to maybe post this. You can't read it because it's In our studio here? Yeah. That's a very illustrious place to be posted. That's right. It's like, I mean, this may be like this being written on, this is like almost parchment paper because it is. Is that private paper? No, but it says Lutheran Brotherhood. So it's ancient. So you could, it might even be in right next to the way to Lisa. Yeah. So this is like, this is the original document that John Hancock signed kind of thing. You know, the bill of rights. Johan Hancock, it's Lutheran brotherhood. (laughs) And, uh, I think Herbie signed it too. And this is, uh, you know, because it's ancient, right. The, on the Lutheran brotherhood stationary. I mean, this is take, this takes you back. Yeah. This takes you back. So only thing better would have been some AAL. (laughs) Some AAL. Yep. That's right. So I think we did a pretty good job for, uh, it was kind of a nice change of pace. And so, um, you know, who's, you know, who's not going to like that stationary mm -hmm. CLC. Yeah. Do you have a right to, well, (laughs) we're not going to go there. All right. Do do you have a right to, Let's not, let's not isolate it. Let's not more than I just did. I should have. Freedom. I should have kept my mouth shut. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to go there. Okay. Um, anyway, this has a lot to do with freedom, right? The idea that you. Um, what you're free to expect. Free to expect, which which you, you you but at the same time there is expectations of this gospel that gives us freedom, right? Yep. So I, I think it's not out of line for you to say to the pastor, this is kind of, this is what I want. And I think this is not illegitimate, but believe me, well, I'll speak for pastors out there. We would love it if a parishioner came up and, and said, I demand one of these 15 things. The truth of the matter yeah. is that the demands usually come from the list of you don't have a right to. No. So I uh, just keep that in mind when you, um, when you, when you're dealing with your your parish pastor. So anyway, you know, you know what I'm gonna go do now, Michael. What? I'm gonna go to the uh, 4 p.m. Lenten vespers. Very nice. At my home church, nice. Nain Lutheran in uh, West Dallas, lovely church. Have you been there before? I have been. We um we have been going to a 6:30 service because our our where we belong, they have uh, services with the school, and that's it. Uh, their elderly people don't like to go to that particular part of the city at night and uh st john's mcgonagall is a little bit too far on a weeknight for us to go where i, I help out and so st john's oakwood has oakwood. a nice oak creek it, it's technically oak creek but they call it st john's oakwood because oh. it's an older congregation and that's okay i think there was an oakwood that was probably okay yeah uh dale rexon is the okay. pastor yep. there yeah so it's a nice time, and it's about 10 minutes from our, our house, so that's where we're going. Well, good. Blessings to all of our listeners who, during this Lenten season, are going to uh, midweek going. services where we usually hear these passion uh, readings, passion account histories. And uh, you know what I might do? Hmm. I might stop my pastor. I think you might know him, but I don't know if you do for sure. Mm-hmm. After the service, and uh, declare my rights to him. <laughs> all 15? Yeah. Not even give him context. Yeah. Just start right. making demands. I'm pretty sure you'd get all 15 there. I think he'd be very happy if I demanded all those Excellent. things. Excellent. All right. Well, I'm also going to uh, demand, though, a certain pew. Since we're under COVID restrictions, that's not going to be very hard because you'd be like 15 people in there. I think you're you're probably okay. So uh, we hope that you will come back. You, we don't have a right to you as a listener. And it is a privilege to serve you in any way we can. Uh, You are free in the gospel. And so if you come back, uh, we would love that. If you can't, you're free to do so and find uh, other places where you can find good gospel content. But either way, please let the bird fly. Every evening when the sun goes down, get with my party and I begin to cry. I don't care what the people are thinking. I'm not drunk, I'm just a tanker. I set him up, another round. I set him up, another round. 